one and all, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm one of your hosts, Az. And I'm Ty, one of your other... Wait, one of your other hosts? Is that actually how the... That is what James says, yeah. Wow, okay. (laughs) I am Ty, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time, except not today, my friends. It's a little bit different for this one. It's a little bit different. (laughs) So you may have noticed, um, we're not... Colin and James. What? <laughs> Where what? did they go? We've we've kidnapped them and are holding them hostage. We're taking the podcast by force for the Scavengers Scramble. <laughs> yeah, the Scavengers Scramble is when a bunch of people uh, in the network just kind of get mixed all up it up to heck. And did they curse on this show? Um, hey, I think so. Oh yeah, they get mixed. If up, they don't, we can bleep it. <laughs> they get mixed up all to to donkey diddle. Uh, and, <laughs> and host other shows on the network. And so today we are hosting Timeline Scavengers. Uh, Ty, where are you usually on the network? I am usually on uh, Side Character Quest, which I think I'll, I'll wait to give a fuller description of that at the end of the show. Mm, mm. All right. And I'm, I'm usually from uh, our YouTube and also more recently at Jams for Thee, which I will Ooh. also wait to give a... Uh, a fuller plug for. But anyway, what are we what are we here to do today, Ty? Today we are going to, among other things, we are going to go over every cameo of Stan Lee in the MCU in order, in chronological order. And mm-hmm. I, who have have done my best to forget every cameo, am going to have to try to explain how all of these cameos are the same character one step at a time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now if if you're new to the mcu you may be saying who is this stan lee guy and why is he so important i, I want to um, know i haven't watched any of the cameos i don't even know who this is who is this stan so lee? S- stan lee is um now, now it's not the name stan lee it's stan Lee is his last name. I am learning something new every day. <laughs> he is a uh, a fa- a very famous uh, comic book creator. He created uh, most famously, I think, Spider Man. Oh. Have you heard of him? Um, I, I have. So, I've heard that's uh, Colin's son. Yeah, because of his important part in Marvel history, almost every MCU property has had a cameo from Stan Lee in it where he just kind of appears on screen, does his thing for a second so that the fans can just go, oh, it's him. Can I can I guess what his thing is? What is his thing? His thing is a backflip. So every I would cameo, love it if it was <laughs> Stan Lee shows up. <laughs> There's just some, an old back gentleman flip. doing backflips through the entire MCU. <laughs> that would be incredible. It'd be so um, good. No, he's usually just there. Sometimes he's reading a newspaper. He's been reading a newspaper a couple times, you will find. Um, And usually a character just walks up and has a short little interaction with him as if he's just a guy on the street. Um, But that is who Stan Lee is. But, Ty, I have another question for you. Oh, I'm ready. And this is where we're going to put the the Who's Freddy music in. And it goes like... Who's Stanley? <laughs> so if you're unfamiliar with the uh, the Who's Freddy segment, um, Colin 
there's a character named Freddy in the current Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. arc that they're going through. Colin picks out famous Freddies, reads a little description of him, and has James guess who the Freddy is. So I'm going to have you guess who the Stanley is today, Ty. Okay. All right, number one, here we go. This Stanley is a native New Yorker who is most well-known for Big Night, 1996, The Lovely Bones, 2009, for which he received an Academy Award for his turn as a child murderer, and Spotlight, 2015. He has also appeared in the MCU in a supporting role in the first Captain America as Dr. Abraham Erksine. You could say he has a lot of kazaz in BoJack Horseman as well. Or perhaps you recognize him from when he took a stab at playing Caesar in the Hunger Games. Ty, who's Stanley? I have realized in this moment that I am going to be very bad at this game. <laughs> um, I thought I... Oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to go for a Stanley actor who I know mm-hmm. the name of. Yeah. And that is Stanley Tucci. It is Stanley yes. Tucci. Congratulations. <laughs> you did not name a single thing that I've actually seen him in. But I was like, I think he's in the Hunger Games. Right? Yeah, yeah. He he plays uh, Caesar in the Hunger Games, whose name I don't actually know. Salad. Yeah, Caesar Salad. <laughs> All right, I've, I've got two more for you here. Okay, hit me. Um, this Stanley has a certain eye for filmmaking. Oh, I know this. Almost as if a career down <laughs> that path was staring him in the face. His strange love for cinematography led him to direct many films noted for their realism, dark humor, and unique camera techniques. After finding success in Hollywood, this Stanley went on to collaborate with Peter Sellers on two films in England before, like clockwork, returning oh. to the States <laughs> to continue his career until his death in 1999. Uh, Who's Stanley? That would be Steven Spielberg, correct? No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, actually, Stanley Steven Ke- Stanley. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. That's the one, Stanley ah, Kubrick. Two for two. I, I put a few, uh, I put staring him in the face, like the, the, the Kubrick work. stare, strange love for cinematography, you know, Dr. Strange Love. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right, one more Stanley for you. This Stanley is actually the fourth in a familial line of Stanleys. While walking home one day, he unfortunately found himself at the scene of a crime, which was pinned on him. The verdict of his trial was to either serve time in prison or to attend a work camp for 18 months. He chose the work camp and was nicknamed Caveman. After bonding with his bunkmates in the hot desert, one of them decides to run off on his own, causing Stanley to follow to attempt and rescue him. While things look grim in the desert, Stanley and his friend accidentally discover an old familial fortune and get the corrupt work camp shut down before clearing his name. Oh, man. Who's Stanley? You saw the change on my face as I figured out who this was. (laughs) Stanley Yelnitz. Yeah, from holes. <laughs> Very nice. Three for three on who's Woo. Stanley. I'm I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. That was that was good. <laughs> that was fun. All right. So with that out of the way, we can now get into the uh, the actual Stan Stanley timeline in the MCU. Perfect. Which do you want to just take a swing and take a guess as to when the first Stanley appearance is? We're we're talking chronologically, right? So like yes. in fiction, when is the first one? In fiction, <sighs> he was. Oh, boy. It's easier than you think. I'm going to guess that it's something in Captain America. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Okay. I cannot remember that at all. In Captain America, I, wa- I rewatched like two months ago. Yeah. 
Um, so I, a lot of these little descriptions I took just right off of the the official like Wikipedia article for the list of Stan Lee appearances. Okay. Um, so it's just going to be a little description of everything, and we don't even have to speculate on this one on how he gets to the next one because it, it'll be pretty easy. Ooh, interesting. Okay. In Captain America: The First Avenger, 1943, yeah. Lee plays a general in World War II who mistakes another man for Steve Rogers, commenting, "I thought he'd be taller." Ah, okay. So he's a World War II general. World War II general. All right, that's yes. that's fairly easy. I do not have mm-hmm. to explain how he gets from there to the next thing, or to yes, because this is the first thing that we're seeing him in. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. The next cameo is 1946 so three years later okay also not too bad lee appears in the agent carter season one episode the blitzkrieg button yes in the cameo lee asks howard stark if he can borrow his newspaper to read the sports section it's got to be the same guy right i think so there's no reason that it wouldn't there's no reason that makes perfect Mm -hmm. sense he's reading a newspaper yeah which we know stan Mm -hmm. lee loves he loves the newspaper he the first instance of stan lee reading Okay, that's <laughs> which true believers write that down. Yes. <laughs> uh, now we have the first big jump from 1946 to 1970. Okay. And this is going to be an interesting one. I'm assuming that he was much younger in those first two appearances. Well, <laughs> it's yes, but he looks like an old man in those appearances. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So in Avengers Endgame, 19, the 1970 portion of Avengers Ooh, Endgame, okay. when Cap and Iron Man go back in time, Lee makes a, a posthumous appearance uh, as a di- digitally de-aged car driver driving past Army Base Camp Lehigh and shouting, hey man, make love, not war. So how does this man lose age? How does he how does he come down in age to this? This this might be cheating. If it is cheating, tell me. Okay, I'm going to suggest that that is the son of the original Stanley that we saw in the first two cameos, who, having been treated so terribly by his uh, by his war general father, took a turn as a a peacenik uh, Mm -hmm. in the the 70s, you said? Yeah, 1970 specifically. Is that cheating? Or or can I think I... it's I think it's cheating. I think we <clears throat> want this to be the okay. same man. Okay. And I I will tell you why because it it it's, it comes up. Okay. There's a there's a reason for I think this should be the same man the whole time. I will my my next my my next uh idea then is mm-hmm. that um Stanley, the general Stanley, mm-hmm. got involved in the canonical continued testing for super serum super soldier serum and ah. was able through through that to de-age himself allowing mm-hmm. him to live for that extra several decades i okay i like this okay I, he was he was closely involved in the the superhuman serum testing yes okay yeah and come coming out on the other side of it hey man make love not war this makes sense he wanted out he he disagreed with the continued testing. He saw the horrible things that were being done against people's will. And so he yeah. left the left it. Uh, do you think he at any point worked with the gentleman from uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? You know who I'm talking about? I think I'm going to uh, give Stanley the benefit of the doubt, General Stanley, and say that uh, he did not know about that. Uh, he left mm-hmm. prior 
to um, those experimentations. Okay. That's my guess. All right. I'll agree with that. Um, just another little fun fact about this scene. Um, also digitally de-aged in the car seat next to him is um, his wife, which I think is, Aww, is very nice. That's sweet. Yeah. All right. So now the next jump is from 1970 to 1995. And this is an interesting one. Lee makes an appearance. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Captain Marvel, by the way. Um, okay. Lee makes an appearance as himself riding on a subway train and reading his lines from the screenplay for the film Mallrats. What? When he sees Carol. Yeah, he was in Mallrats. When he sees Carol Danvers, he smiles at her and she smiles back. Lee has an extensive cameo in the 1995 Kevin Smith film Mallrats. He also plays himself there, this time visiting the mall to sign books at a comic store. So the implications of this are, are that he is a comic book writer in the MCU as well. Uh, uh, and he's famous enough to be in the Kevin Smith film Mallrats. Uh, do you do we think that it's Marvel Comics or do do we think that it's just a different can I company entirely? Can I uh tell me what you think about this? Okay. I'm going to sip, I'm going to suggest that Marvel Comics as an entity do not exist and that he was in Mallrats not as a cameo for Stan Lee, but as a struggling extra. Okay. All right. I yeah, because it never specifically says in the movie that he's cameoing as himself in Mallrats. Yes. He's just holding the script. He's just holding the script. He's just a mm -hmm. he maybe he didn't even get the part. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Who knows? But I think after this next one, we'll see that maybe he did get the part oh, okay. and it found him some success. Okay. Oh, interesting. All right. Yes. So, okay. So he goes from the 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 peace-loving ex-scientist to just a, uh, a a man reinventing his life, becoming a struggling performer. Holy actor. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now it is from 1995 to 2010. So that's 15 years. Oh, yeah. Pretty big jump. Yes. Lee, credited as himself in Iron Man, appears at a gala cavorting with three blondes where Tony Stark mistakes him for Hugh Hefner. Oh, this is in the theatrical release of the film. Stark simply greets Lee as Hef and moves on. And another release of the scene was filmed where Stark realizes his mistake and Lee graciously responds. That's OK. I get this all the time. I am going to assume that his acting career took off. Yeah, I think so. I think that that is the, the only explanation <laughs> for this. The only explanation at this point. <laughs> He's a huge star now. Everybody loves this guy. Massive star. Everybody loves Lee. Lee Fever. Yeah. Lever. There's there's got it. And I think in the MCU, there is some action movie that not maybe not even an action movie. There's there's some movie out there that's it's about like, you, you, did you ever see the movie Red? Uh, Yes, I have not seen it, but I've seen the trailer with like all the the badass like X people. Yes, like the, the badass X cons and stuff. I feel like there's there's one in the MCU where Stan Lee is definitely just in in with that mix. He He probably worked with like. Stallone. Yes. He's probably worked with De Niro. I, I got it. And assume. he has the super soldier serum. So people are he always does. shocked that he does his own stunts. And they're like, how? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's his claim to fame. Yes. Is everyone's like, how is this old guy doing all this? Yeah. And that's why he was still struggling when he was doing Mallrats, because at that time he was trying to shy away from 
you know, from that. He had to embrace it before. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. One year later. This is this is going well. All right. Yeah, it's we're doing great so far. One year later. Okay. Iron Man 2, 2011. During the Stark Expo, Lee, wearing suspenders and a red shirt and black and purple tie, is mistakenly greeted by Tony Stark as Larry King. Okay, can I ask you a quick I may need you to repeat that because okay. I have I something popped into my mind and I just want to run it by you. Okay. Have we not gotten to the Incredible Hulk cameo? That is the next one. Really? I would have assumed uh-huh. that was like before the first. It's 2011. Wow. Okay. 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 Uh, repeat. It's a uh, Fury's big week. They call gotcha. it. Gotcha. <laughs> R- repeat that. Um. That one to me again. In Iron Man two 2011, during the Stark Expo, Lee wearing suspenders and a red shirt and black and purple tie is mistakenly greeted by Tony Stark as Larry King. I mean, I think at this point, uh, Tony Stark knows who this actor is. Uh huh. And it's just messing and has just it, they just mess. It's it's their thing now. Yeah. Um, because Tony, Tony Stark, the one thing you got to know about Iron Man is he's mm-hmm. he's a little he's a little huckster. He's a little pranky. He schmoozes. He, yeah, he's he's such a goofy guy. That's what everybody uh-huh. knows when they think of Tony Stark. That's what they think of. Goofy little he's guy. He's just in a, in a silly, goofy mood. Yes. Um, genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. When you take when you take off that suit, what what are you? A silly goose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So this one is is going to throw a wrench in things, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> in The Incredible Hulk 2011, <laughs> Lee appears as a hapless citizen who accidentally ingests a soft drink mixed with Bruce Banner's blood, which gave him a little more kick than he is looking for while saying, wow. He subsequently drops it and falls ill to gamma radiation sickness, leading to the discovery of Dr. Banner's location at a bottling plant in Brazil. I have a question because this is Uh I remembered the soda. Yeah. As you were starting to describe this, I remembered something which may be incorrect. Do we see him die? He he takes a sip of the soda, goes wow. And then I think he just falls backwards out of frame. Okay, I'm pretty sure that is what this cameo consists of. I am going to assume he. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to make a wild swing here and hope that this works out and pays off in the next one he was on vacation Uh on vacation from like his thing takes this somehow survives thanks to the super Mm -hmm. soldier super serum yes yeah but survives in such a shocking way that he has to go into hiding because people realize that there is something special about him yes and they're trying to want to do experiments on him and so mm-hmm. he goes into hiding, fleeing his actor life. Yeah. So we'll hope there's now a, there's now a mysterious disappearance yes. section on his Wikipedia page. Exactly. I like it. Hopefully that works out with the next one. I think it kind of I think we can twist it to make it work. Okay. <laughs> um, this is another 2011 one. Thor. Okay. Lee appears among many people at the site where Thor's hammer Mjolnir or Meow Meow, if you're Darcy. Meow Meow. Yeah, Uh, lands on Earth. He yeah, he tears the bed off of his pickup truck in an attempt to pull Mjolnir out of the ground with a chain and causes everyone in the scene to laugh by asking, did it work? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, so 
how how long after the first thing is this? This uh, is the same week. Okay. My proposal is when he dies in quotes. Yes. He is he is successfully captured by the agency that is by Shield. Yes. And they take him to that site for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. He is breaking out, and as he is breaking out, he steals somebody else's pickup truck. But then, ha- to keep his cover, pretends to help with all of this stuff before he can slip away into the night. Mm-hmm. So this is part of I, his breakout. Yeah, I I like the idea of of Stanley secretly being like, you know how how uh, Nick Fury gave Captain Marvel that beeper just in case. Yes. I like the idea of Stan Lee maybe being another one of those where like, you know, if something happens, we'll call upon you, you know? Yeah, that I mean, that's kind of how Disney treats uh, his intellectual property right now. Yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But yeah, so I I think that S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe calling him into the desert also would would make a lot of sense, sense. even if he's not trying to escape. Yes, I think that maybe that's a truck that he rented and he's trying to, you know, keep it low key, dress in street clothes and everything. Little does he know he, he doesn't need to keep it low key. Yeah. <laughs> he's about to be there himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that he has to go in undercover, get close to the hammer. Yes. And, and that is why he, he doesn't try to pull it himself. He tries to pull it from the ground with a truck. Yes, that's good. And I think him being an undercover shield agent, would fit into the next one as well. That also helps explain at some point he was recruited, maybe at the same time that Captain Marvel was recruited, like you suggested, um, he was recruited mm-hmm. and that's how he has managed to have such a high profile and yeah. yet get away with, with existing like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that, that the, the time of his recruitment would be when he wants to get out of shield after the, the testing goes wrong. I think Good. that is when he would be put on, you know, the, the payroll, you know, the, the, the back roll, but he's, he, he you can't get all the way out yeah. once you're in. Yeah. Um, so it would also make sense why I, in the, the time between Thor and our, our next installment, he is now all the way across the country again, because he goes from Arizona to New York. Yes. In 2012, we all know the year uh, in the Avengers, Lee's character is interviewed about the Avengers saving Manhattan after everything happens. Lee's character responds, superheroes in New York, give me a break, and then returns to his game of chess. That is him really trying to like keep low cover despite knowing 100 uh-huh. that they were there everybody know are you kidding me? there is n- no other explanation for he it he will not acknowledge this because he needs yeah. to maintain his cover he is like shields pr expert oh, yes <laughs> so there we go that is uh that is his cameo in avengers i think that they probably partially had him there as a just in case you know yeah but yeah nothing had to happen so He's just damage control. He, he's the the long running guy. He is the guy. <gasps> mm. mm-hmm. I mm, I'm gonna float this idea. Okay, but we will hold on to it. He is a um. What's the word I want? The contingency agent to take out an Avenger. Oh, yeah. He is. He is in case an Avenger goes rogue. Yes. He. No one would. No one would suspect him. And he's always. No. He's always. Uh, like so often he's around 
the Avengers, mm-hmm. and he is just ready That's to why. take them yes. out. I love this. I love this. Okay. okay. Um, also in 2012, in Iron Man 3, Lee portrays a beauty pageant judge who appears on a television monitor and happily gives one of the contestants a 10. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he you? now is appearing on television again. So this is just on TV. This is not near anything. No, this is just on TV. If I remember correctly, I believe uh, Tony Stark at one point is uh, in a van, and I believe this is just playing on the TV in the back of the van. Okay, I have, I have, I think, well, okay, this is what it is. There was another potential Avenger Uh at that beauty pageant that he was taking out. Hmm. He he was assassinating one of the... (laughs) I don't like that. I don't think he was assassinating. I think maybe he was just keeping tabs. He's keeping tabs. Okay. No, no, okay. Let me roll that back. Yeah. New proposal. <laughs> All right. This is what I'm thinking. There is a potential Avenger at that beauty pageant. Yes. One of those people, their their beauty pageant talent is picking up cars. Uh, you know, there there's somebody okay. there is somebody there who has some sort of superpower. And he is there to to keep tabs on them uh, and potentially recruit can I, them. Can I posit something? Yeah. Is this maybe an early She-Hulk cameo? I was, I was thinking that. I didn't yeah. want to like, we don't know yet. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't I know mean, yet. Probably. It's not out yet, but. I'm not going to say it was. It, this is a possible explanation. Probable explanation. For what this could is be. what we're saying. Yeah. So we think that, okay, but how are we going to explain a way that this man who went mysteriously missing in 2011 is now suddenly back on TV in 2012? Uh, he, he, they're pretending that it's his son, I guess. Maybe? <laughs> he's still an old stunt man. Stunt double, stunt double. <laughs> it came out. It, oh, he's a famous lookalike. Yes, he's That's a famous lookalike. With. Or maybe, maybe it quote unquote came out that this famous older actor who was doing all of his own stunts wasn't really it was this lookalike mm. it was a stunt double ah okay so the stunt double is the one that went missing and yeah he's still this older guy Maybe? okay and I he's don't know. just yeah no i i <laughs> okay. like that okay. i think we can run with that uh for the time being at least <laughs> <laughs> that's just the public story by the way yeah yes yeah, yeah. yeah the public cover yeah. story all right, maybe maybe this one will shock you. Lee appears in the Agents of Shield season one episode oh. Tracks in 2013. I have seen this and I completely forgot it. Yeah, Tracks by the way is is in all caps and there's a period between all of them as if it stands <laughs> for something. Does it? But they never tell you what the episode titles stand for, to my knowledge. So can it's, it's just an episode about trains. Tr- can you <laughs> tell me what what that stands for? The Raunchy agents Ooh. collect kudos, Samuel. <laughs> this is the person is talking to Nick Fury. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> so that's why they say Samuel. Um, <laughs> all right. In this cameo, he is portrayed as a kindly older man who, by the way, does have two women on either arm. Okay. Um, <laughs> who sympathizes with the elaborate cover story Simmons has created in which she says that 
uh, Agent Coulson is her absentee father and left her and her mother for broke. <laughs> and he had and he had like all of these women on the side and was a was a bad father. And and uh, basically, Stan Lee says, you need to get your act together. Does does she do a good job of pitching that cover story? So she's very committed to it. It's very over the top. Okay, so he falls for it in quotes mm-hmm. because he is in on it and he is maintaining his okay. own cover by falling for it. Yes, yeah. Okay. So I also would like to point out that Lee is the only, at this point, quote-unquote Avenger who knows Philip Coulson is alive. Oh my God, you're to- <laughs> Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> He he has higher clearance than all of the other Avengers. Wow. Yeah. Do you think he's like his own? Like he is a private, uh, a private uh, entity at this point. Like he is a separate. Like he is a check on Shield. You know. I th- yeah maybe maybe it's another government institution that has gotten a hold of him and said like hey Shield is is getting a little too big for its britches. We need you to like keep an eye on things. Yes. Much like how um, Julia Louise Dreyfus is doing that right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're... Maybe he was the first one she recruited. Oh, my God. Maybe that mm, that's very it goes back pretty far. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll get there. Yeah, maybe that's maybe his. No, never mind. That's that's not canon. Never mind. OK, I, I will. <laughs> I will hold back my thoughts until we get there. OK, OK. Also in 2013. Thor The Dark World, the most forgettable MCU movie, and also the first episode of this podcast because it does have the beginning of time in it. <laughs> I I have for some reason, I don't I don't know why. Because I don't I don't rewatch uh and movies in general that often yeah. and I don't rewatch MCU movies that often in general. But for some reason for the past week, I have really been wanting to watch Thor The Dark World. I why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's uh, listen, I'll sum up Thor the Dark World for you, right? Okay. There's dark elves in it. They're back. There's an infinity stone in it, but it looks like it's made of liquid. Oh, I remember that. Um the infinity stone somehow gets inside Natalie Portman. Um <sighs> Thor's mom dies. They they do one of my my least favorite tropes in media, which is Natalie Portman is like, "Oh, magic? You mean like quantum physics?" and then she knows how to do yeah. magic. Like like mm-hmm. don't fuck no, yeah. it's like saying like, uh-huh, computers, you mean like electricity? Now I know how to program. <laughs> it's like, no, no, you don't. Yeah. So and there's also like a cool scene. The only cool scene I'll say in this movie is at the beginning that when they're in a warehouse and there's like a wormhole at the top of the warehouse. So they just keep dropping stones into it. And it like it's like either a wormhole or it makes gravity really weird. It's something cool. That's cool. Yeah. Also, Natalie Portman slaps Thor because he disappeared for like three years. Fair. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, in Thor the Dark World, this is get ready for a sentence. (laughs) Lee appears as a mental ward patient who loans his shoe to Eric Selvig for a demonstration about, quote, the convergence in his delusions. When Selvig finishes and asks if anyone has any questions, Lee says, yeah, can I have my shoe back? Okay, (laughs) I have a very good explanation for this. Okay, the shoe had a recorder in it. And he had been sent in there to get a recording of what this guy 
thought about this whole situation. Like they are gathering information uh, from an expert. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So he does need that shoe back. He does need that shoe back. It has the it has yeah. the SD card in it. Yes. So he just posed as a mental ward patient for a little bit. Yes. Can I also for a, for even just for a day? You know. I don't know what this. Uh, I don't know what the acronym stands for, but I would like to propose the shield sword style acronym. Okay. For Stanley's organization. Okay, go for it. And that is shoe. Shoe. Yeah. Shoe. Yeah, I think that's a great one. <laughs> you know what? Actually, because you made me do it before, just off oh. the top of your head, what does shoe okay. stand for? <laughs> Stan? Yeah. I'm going to edit out this dead air. Uh, <laughs> Stan? Oh, wait, I got it. Oh. I, can I can I take it? No, hold on to that. You're going to show me okay. up. Um and we'll see how how this goes. Stan helps over over Stan Stan <laughs> Stanley's help overview everything. Stan helps and overviews everything. <laughs> Oh, wait, I just realized mine doesn't work because I was using an A instead of an E. Oh, what what was it? Tell me what he got. Uh, Stan has other aliases. Stan has other. Eh. Entities. <laughs> yeah, aliases. Yeah. OK. Aliases. Uh, uh, listener, if you think uh, come up with something better, tell us. Yeah, come up with something better. Tweet at timeline scab so that neither me nor ty see it <laughs> but really do do it i'll be checking oh yeah absolutely i'll, I'll find it <laughs> for sure um all right so now we're making a jump from 2013 to 2014 i like that these are more packed together now because we know exactly what he's up to mm-hmm. um in captain america the winter soldier okay lee plays a security guard at the smithsonian institute the, the smithsonian institution who after discovering that captain america stole his own world war ii uniform from an exhibit says oh man i am so fired okay he was supposed mm, this is hard because like if he's running the organization mm-hmm. he's not getting fired from that unless oh okay 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 mm-hmm. so he is still running the 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 shoe. He's still running shoe. Yes. Or he is in shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, he was keeping tabs on Captain America, and because Captain America is constantly exercising around the uh, the mall, the National Mall. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. he took up a job at the Smithsonian, and that's been part of his cover story. Part of his cover, yeah. Yeah, he, he sees it get stolen, and is like, "Oh fuck, I I messed up. I should have." caught this yeah with the twist being this reveals that sometime in the past few years Shu has slowly been getting other influences he is no longer the head person at Shu. he's part of a larger council and they are starting to push Mm -hmm. him out okay that is my proposal so he's fired from both jobs yes he is potentially okay. going to be fired from both jobs and he's going to potentially become a rogue agent again okay well we'll see we'll see how what the timeline brings 
Yeah, um, it's funny you say that because I think that this is going to throw a wrench in it in a big way. <laughs> is it the one that I'm thinking? <laughs> it's, it, might it might be, be the one that I was uh, thinking. It, it, or it might be right before that one. Uh, 2014 also, in Guardians of the Galaxy, Lee appears as an elderly gentleman having a conversation with a significantly younger, younger woman on the planet Xandar. Okay, what? Rocket. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's- Rocket, viewing him through a scanning device, dismisses him as part of what he saw was wrong with the planet Xandar. <laughs> <sighs> so how does... How does he get to Xandar? <laughs> Fuck. Now, do we want to just skip this one and go to the next one because I think that the next one would provide an answer or do you want to try and give an answer before I I move on I will try to give an answer and I'm going to try to forget what I believe the next one is because I'm pretty sure that's the one that I have Uh in my brain that I've been having to forget about this whole time Mm -hmm. um he's on Xandar we know do, what do we know about the um, are the Samuel L. Jackson has not started the interplanetary stuff yet, has he? Oh, that's a good question, because I think technically he starts it in Captain Marvel. Oh, wait, that's actually that gives us the perfect thing. Captain. Oh, OK, well, there we go. Captain Marvel in all of this time, uh, Captain Marvel and he have become acquainted in some way. Captain, when they met on the subway and exactly. smiled at each other. And Captain Marvel needed him for something. And he, uh-huh. having just been fired from his job, didn't have any ties uh, to the planet. So it agreed to go to Xandar to do something for Captain Marvel. We don't know what it is, yeah. but he's doing something for her. It probably in- involves the woman he's talking yes. to. That's why he's talking to a significantly younger woman. Yes, exactly. There we go. Oh my God, nailed it. So now... Also, in 2014, according to the timeline, I put a question mark at this. Um, Colin, feel free to, like, cut in here and tell me if I'm wrong or anything. But uh, apparently Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 also takes place in 2014. Wait, really? Oh, that's very soon. Okay. And also, this has some wild implications. So here's here's the cameo. Lee appears as an astronaut telling a story to the Watchers. He appears again in the post credit scenes where the Watchers leave tired of his stories as he quotes to them that they are his only ride back to Earth. Okay. So I, I, my, like, you give me yours first and then I'm going to say mine. When, okay, this is what it was. Mm -hmm. The Watchers having... Got having seen so much of Captain Marvel, wanted information about her. She was like, I am too fucking busy. She flies back home, grabs just like a NASA astronaut suit, tosses Stanley into it, takes him to the planet, you know, rests him up, fills him in on what's going to happen, and then takes him to the Watchers to like basically fill in everything that's been going on on Earth mm-hmm. and with Captain Marvel, everything, so that she doesn't have to and she can focus on her own work. Yes. What are you thinking? So I am tempted to say that Stan Lee has been an agent to the watchers the whole time and has been has some kind of you know how like Peter Quill has like the like uh, what what are the um not the the astrals or whatever whatever ego yeah, is the the thing um, it's not celestials it's not 
So is it oh, well? It's kind of they call it Celestials in the movie, but now Celestials are a different thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Peter Quill has quote unquote Celestial DNA and is like part Celestial. I want to posit that, and it's great that it's this movie too. I think that Stan Lee has Watcher DNA and has been a Watcher the whole time, and the Watchers, and they're all knowing of everything. They can see every point in history. They're like, we want you to go and study these events. What do you feel about that? I am I am willing to go with that. Mm-hmm. On the there is a final piece of evidence too okay. that I have for this. But. On the uh the the sort of extra information, he has not known this up to this point, is mm. what I will posit. And Ooh. he did get picked up by Captain Marvel. She was told that there was like a human watcher, a human watcher in quotes, on the planet yes. that she needed to go retrieve. And she's like, Oh, is this guy? And when got him, same thing that I mm-hmm. said before, basically, except that is why they wanted to talk to him specifically. Yes. Yes. And I my final piece of oh, evidence also, here and also oh. why they were able to give him super serum stuff that didn't work for everybody else. It's because his genetics were a little bit differently. Yes. So, oh, my yeah. God, it all fits together. All fits together. Uh, so my final piece of evidence here, and I, I specifically omitted this because I think it works wonders for my theory, and I can, I, I'm going to story weave it in here now. Are you ready? I'm ready. The scene in which we first see him as an astronaut telling a story to the Watchers uh-huh. is the scene where he is finding out himself that he is part Watcher. Yes. Because specifically the story that he is telling to the Watchers in this scene in a movie that supposedly takes place in 2014, he is mentioning his stint as a delivery man in Civil War, which takes place in 2016. What? Really? So, yeah. So, th- th- I think it's because Guardians Volume came 2 out, came out after Civil and then they War, figured out but the it takes place in 2014. So it would make sense as to why he can see his own future. Wow. Because he already knows what's going to happen. He just hasn't realized it yet. Wow. I am so glad that we did not have this piece of information from the beginning, because I feel like if I had, it would have made it so much harder to divine all of the other truths that we have found up to this point. Mm -hmm. All of the other 100% true facts about Stanley's character would have just been muddled up uh, by this. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm surprised at how well this is fitting together. I love it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so the next one is one year later, supposedly in 2015 in Avengers age of Ultron. Now, I think this one could very easily be tied back to an earlier persona because he appears as a World War II veteran who attends the Avengers victory party. Yeah. He claims he fought at Omaha Beach and that it proves he can handle a shot of Asgardian liquor from Thor, but is then carried away drunk, muttering his catchphrase Excelsior. (laughs) That's I mean, it's it's so it's so easy. He said that he was at that battle. He didn't say how old he was at that battle. Right. You know, like that. One hundred percent. Yeah. Easy, easy. Yeah. And I think that um, because he has the super soldier serum, he can't get drunk. Right. So I think he is putting on a show Mm. for for the Avengers. Mm -hmm. You know, I think maybe the reason that he's being carried away drunk is because he realized that during talking directly to Thor, he's like, oh, I'm a little bit too close to this operation. So he had to do something about it. Here's here's another another thing. Uh Thor challenged him to pick up his hammer as a jest Mm -hmm. and Stanley was a little worried 
that it might he might uh, be able to pick it up. And so he pretended uh -huh. to fall over drunk to excuse Thor the embarrassment. Yes, yeah. Yes. I like that because that's also the movie where Thor makes everybody else pick exactly. it up to my knowledge, to, to my memory, you know? He is writing that little little yeah. show right now. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, I just found out other people can't do this. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he, he did yeah, know that he, before, he but did. yeah. All right. Also in 2015, one of my favorites. Do you think Marvel. a cat could knock uh, Mjolnir off of a off of a shelf or something? Like if it just went up and batted it, do you think it could knock it off? If the cat is pure of heart, then yes. That's gonna. If the cat's worthy, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. See, because that also brings up the age-old question: If you put Mjolnir down in an elevator, could it could it still go up? That is a good question. And I do not know the answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would assume yes. All right. But I don't know. Yeah. But one of my favorite MCU films. Yes. Ant-Man. Yes. 2015. Lee appears very briefly as a bartender in a story Luis tells to Scott Lang, explaining that Sam Wilson was looking for him. His part in the story is encouraging Luis's cousin and the informer of the story, Ignacio, to talk to a, quote, crazy, stupid, fine woman, end quote, at a table separate of the bar. We have created too good of a explanation because it's just like it's easy. He's like he is manipulating these like superheroes to like land in the right oh, spot. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's he's totally just directing things correctly so that Scott Lang and Sam Wilson can meet. He is the puppeteer. Oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> and, and that is why he is he's truly come into his own as a watcher. Yeah. At this point. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. He was planted by the Watchers because because he is not fully Watcher, he is allowed to interact and interfere. Oh, my God. That's why he can interfere. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And that's why they had to give him the super soldier serum because otherwise he would have aged. He would have died. He is he is human, but he was put the He's only he's half, only half human. human. Are we human or are we Watcher? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so good, Ty. I'm. I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right i have the the next couple ones bunched together uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying picturing james and colin uh melting down <laughs> this whole time uh, my, they're, they're just sitting there listening to this right now they're like no it's all wrong they're forgetting this and that <laughs> um oh right in. Oh, i just realized <laughs> james and james and i colin. just realized i have a a typo in my google doc that um Makes the next one a thousand years ago instead of current time. Whoops. <laughs> but yeah, write in, James and Colin. Tell us how we did. <laughs> Tell us how we did. James and Colin, if you've enjoyed this, please write, uh, leave a review. on Yeah, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you can get podcasts. <laughs> um, all right, so I have the next few bunched up. They're 2015 to 2016. Um, just, just because this is kind of the way that um, everything I found bunched mm -hmm. it up. Lee cameos in various seasons of Marvel's Netflix television series through still photograph as a police officer of the New York City Police Department. Lee cameos in Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders and The Punisher. Uh, in Iron Fist, he is identified as having an assumed identity as Captain Irving Forbush. In season two of Je Jessica Jones, Irving Forbush became an attorney with mention of Forbush and oh, Associates and 
in Luke Cage season two, episode 12, Luke Cage passes a billboard with Lee's image depicting a legal advertisement for Forbush stating, call Forbush, get what you deserve. This went from being really easy to being kind of difficult. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. This is okay. Okay. This mm-hmm. is my proposal. Yes. Started out. Uh, he was actually a police officer in like the the nineties or something. Okay. Um, before you know, before he became the actor, like when he was still wasn't sure. Maybe while he was being an actor, he was also a police yeah. officer while he was doing the extra roles. Before he actually yes. went into like do the the whatever. Then he just sort of got involved with his like long term investments. He helped fund uh one of his friends who was a lawyer to start a lawyering company, and so he was partners with somebody. Yeah, and. Through, I think that lawyering companies are are called law firms. (laughs) Lawyering companies, you know, (laughs) like have you ever gone down to the lawyer factory and pick up a lawyer? Yeah, I'd like one lawyer, please. (laughs) Um, But he goes down to the lawyering factory, uh, picks up a a lawyer with his friends, and because he is an actor, he ends up becoming the face of this Uh. lawyer company. He is not. He he maybe was like in some movie where he was like an action hero lawyer in like the late nineties. And it was very forgettable, but it did sort of like some, it's the sort of thing where like people go like, Oh, remember, you know, that lawyer on TV and the commercials. Yeah. He He was was on night court and he's not a lawyer. He was an action hero. (laughs) He's just the face of the company. Mm -hmm. That is my proposal. So that would make make sense as to why there's a still photograph of him at the police department. And like, yes, like it's just his face. It's not actually it's not actually. In fact, that name, the name discrepancy we've had here is because Uh that is the name of the character he played. Irving Forbush. Okay, yeah. No real human being is named Irving Forbush. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get an angry tweet from Irving Forbush. Irving, if you're listening, you don't exist. Irving, if you're out there. Um, I have a structured settlement and I need cash now. <laughs> it's my money. <laughs> and I need it now. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, do you think that, um, Forbush and Associates has anything to do with Matt Murdoch also being a lawyer? Um, do you think there's any tie in there? i I'm a little scared that you're going to like slap me in the face when I say no and say like, aha, this cameo, uh, no, there's I don't have okay. anything. I'm just asking because I know they're both lawyers. I am going to say that he is the like Irving Forbish's company mm-hmm. is the sort of company that M- Matt Murdoch looks at and is like, this is the problem with lawyerism. Fair. This is the problem with the lawyer factory. There's no quality control. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's it's <laughs> they're they're pumping out faulty lawyers. There's all these terrible <laughs> lawyers. There's defects in them. We need to write the jungle, but about lawyer factories. <laughs> I aim for their for their heart and I hit their stomach. Jessica Jones is also a district attorney, right? Is she? I don't know. That might I might have made that or, up. Wait, dis, do you mean Jessica Jones or She-Hulk? Oh, I think it's She-Hulk I'm thinking of. Okay. I I I'll be honest, I have not watched most of the uh the Netflix series uh which is why I don't have much input for this. <laughs> that's fair they're they're very i i yeah. really enjoyed the ones that i have seen uh except for one notable one mm-hmm. i i liked daredevil a lot but it was just like too gory for me you know there was a lot of just like real 
violence in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough. But anyway, we're getting away from Stanley. Yeah. So okay, we got that figured out. Now you may remember earlier I mentioned this in Captain America: Civil War. Lee appears as a FedEx postman delivering a package from Steve Rogers to Tony Stark at the end of the film, mispronouncing Stark's name as Tony Stank. <laughs> That's cheap, but I liked it. Yeah, it's very good. Um, and I mean, this is we can explain it away as the the watcher giving them a reason to get back together again, yeah. you know, easy. Because the package that they receive is is the cell phone that Steve uses to call Tony eventually. Oh, my God. And like Tony Stank, he's got the name wrong the same way that Tony Stark had always gotten the name wrong. It's, oh it's continuing my God. the bit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But like in a way that Tony will never find out about. I love it. He's 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 just doing that for himself. Yes, that is purely for himself. Mm hmm. Um, OK. Colin, it's your favorite part in Spider-Man Homecoming 2016. Lee appears as an annoyed neighbor named Gary, who, after witnessing Spider-Man mistakenly accosting an innocent civilian, says to him, don't make me come down there, you punk. His other neighbor, Marjorie, greets him, asking about his welfare while he does the same to her, asking about her mother. <laughs> I, uh, 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 <laughs> uh. I think at this point, maybe he just has a house in New York. Um, I th that would make sense. It just makes sense. And he's also keeping an eye on Spider-Man because he's a little worried about Tony Stank's influence. Yeah. And he wants to make sure that Tony, that uh, Sp Spider-Man is not doing anything, uh, anything too wild. Yeah. Now you may hear me uh, just Googling something real okay. quick. You may hear me uh, tickety-tack it in on... Uh, on my keyboard, because I have an important question for this next one. Mm hmm. Um, hmm. Okay, so I'm finding when it takes place. I'm not finding where it takes place. Anyway, 2017, Lee appears in the Hulu television series Runaways during a season one episode as a limousine driver for the titular team. I forget this movie, ex or I forget this show exists yeah. all the time. I'm trying to find out how close the Runaways is to New York, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, he is in the limousine. Because I'm seeing the Runaways cast's guide to Los Angeles, but they might have just filmed it in Los Angeles. Oh, it's it is in California. Oof. It, it, how? Yeah, it is across the country. How close are those two events happening? It's not, chronologically. Uh, OK, so. Uh, well, OK, so Spider-Man is taking uh, the vulture's daughter to the prom in homecoming, Limo. right? So it's got to be like prom yes. season. It's a, it's a. So when is prom season usually? It's a, it's like April, May. Yes, yeah? I think so. That is that is in the earlier half of the year, twenty sixteen. Yes, and then in twenty seventeen is when the Runaways cameo takes place. Gotcha. So there's there's plenty of time, plenty of time for this. There's ample time for him to get across and the country. We, we know he has connections to Hollywood, so like there's presumably yes. he has a house somewhere in California. Yeah, he, or he has some sort of maybe like a safe house, uh, some like yeah. lock boxes, something. Yeah, and and you know what? I think it's even safe to say that he knows the Runaways team is going to need some help. That's true. He is one of the only people that has actually been watching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, speaking of which, also in 2017, Lee also appears in the Freeform series Cloak and Dagger during a season one episode in a painting modeled after Andy Warhol's famous The Shot Marilyns. <laughs> Which is fine because he's just he's in just a in a painting. painting. That's easy. Like, it's, it's yeah. like oh yeah, yeah. he's in a painting. Andy <laughs> oh, Warhol. Somebody painted. Yeah, this Andy guy. Warhol yeah. is painting celebrities all the time. Yeah. So that one's easy, but you yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> he just knew Andy Warhol at some point. Yeah, lots of people knew Andy Warhol. You kidding me? Yeah. Andy yeah. Warhol was my high school uh, math teacher. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So. <laughs> The next one here, uh, I might have to also do some some Googling for this to find out where exactly in the world this one takes place, because this could also be some trouble in Doctor Strange. Also in 2017. Oh, no. 2017 is a bad oh, no. year for us. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I just looked ahead a little bit. Um, oh, God. OK. In Doctor Strange 2017, Lee appears as a bus rider reading Alduis Huxley's The Doors of Perception while laughing that what he is reading is hilarious, oblivious to a battle between Doctor Strange and Mortal, or not Mortal, Mordo and Caecilius and his followers. Now, if I remember correctly, I believe this happens somewhere in the East. I think that this particular scene brings them back to New York, but I don't, but it's been so long. Uh, oh, at the battle at the Hong Kong Sanctum oh, is what it's called. Oh, never mind. I, oh boy. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to know uh, why he's there necessarily. Yeah. But um, I think that it is, I think this is a piece of the puzzle that we don't have yet. We know that he uh-huh. keeps an eye on things. We don't know necessarily what has brought him there, but, but. Yeah. And also. I I, uh, I I just real quick can't mention this scene without uh, just for James saying Dormammu, I've come to bargain. <laughs> Very nice running ja- uh, running gag, James. Yeah. But what were you going to say? All right. I think what I'm going to say is that I I think the next uh, scene that we see, the next cameo is going to make it very clear why Stan Lee was in Hong Kong. You know, it, are you looking at my Google Doc? Because <laughs> not at it, it may be. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> in Black Panther 2017, now this is not where you think it's going. Lee appears as a patron of a casino in Busan, South Korea, yeah. and takes T'Challa's one but unclaimed casino tokens. Yes. He knows stuff is happening. Yeah. I feel like at this point, this this person has gotten so in tune with their watcher DNA that they mm-hmm. they have a vague sense of like the place they need to be. So they got a feeling like mm-hmm. I need fuck America. I I need yeah. to go I need to go to I need to go to the far east and and yeah. Korea you said it was uh, South Korea? Yeah. Yeah. Uh like doing all that. So I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I trust the feeling. I know the feeling and I will not fight the feeling. Yeah. Maybe this is also part of the reason that the Watchers brought them because they knew he was going to need to know to trust his gut a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So they had to give him that advice. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So 2017 is going to give us a little bit more trouble here, Ty. Oh, okay. Um, cause this one, this one's a far trip for our, for our buddy Stan. 
in Thor Ragnarok 2017, oh. Oh, no. Lee appears as a servant to the Grandmaster on Sakaar, who cuts <sighs> Thor's hair. Beforehand, he asks Thor to be still, saying, my hands aren't as steady as they used to be. What are the odds of the next one will explain this working a second time? <laughs> because, because right now, none of the none of the built up layers of fiction, nay, fact, uh, can really feed into explaining why he would be in this location right now. Especially considering that to everybody else in the universe, Sakaar was just kind of yeah, lost. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not even like the like yeah. Captain Marvel could take him there. Uh-huh. Um, oh, wait. I love it when you make this noise. I love you, you. I know that you've got something good. This is OK. S- since witnessing the battle between Doctor Strange and all of them. Uh-huh. He has started studying the mystic arts and has specifically learned uh, the portals. Uh, OK. Yes. All right. And that is going to help us out a lot. <laughs> And he's reading the doors of perception in the Doctor Strange yes. scene. Yes. But he, he he's saying that it's hilarious and ridiculous, and then he learns it himself. I love it. Oh, my God. That because I, okay, I wouldn't, so th- that's how he gets there. I mean... I wouldn't turn to that, except there is no other way <laughs> that he could get there. Yeah. And he, he is specifically trying to locate uh, Thor and Hulk and see if he needs to do anything to help push them... In the direction back home. In the right direction, um, yes. Yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what else I just realized? Mm-hmm. My hands aren't as steady as they used to be. Maybe a clever joke to Thor, a callback to when he passed out drunk oh earlier. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How do you think that he got in the Grandmaster's good graces? I think the Grandmaster found it amusing that this uh, clearly very old man could um, do several backflips in a row. (laughs) (laughs) What we don't know is that almost every single, not all of them, but most of these cameos have involved an off-screen backflip. That is his thing. Yeah. As soon as the camera is off of him, that's what he does. Yes. Yeah. Like he got he got into drinking with Thor, like because he was doing mm-hmm. backflips to entertain Thor. Like that is why yes. that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, as you said earlier, I think that maybe we can posit something in the next okay. one and I'll I'll see what you have to say. And then if you don't say it, I'll, okay. I'll say it. Okay. All right. Ant-Man and the Wasp 2018. Lee appears as a pedestrian whose car is shrunk by the wasp. He remarks, well, the 60s were fun, but now I'm paying for it. Oh, sorry. It took me a moment to understand what that meant. Uh, (laughs) The 60s were fun, but now I'm paying for it. Which, if I could remind you, sometime in the 60s, that is probably when he was like leaving S.H.I.E.L.D. because yes. we see in 1970 yes. is when he says, hey, man, make love, not war. Yes, he was doing lots of LSD, lots of. Uh, yeah, he. Oh, I mean, that's what it is. That, like, that's got to be it, right? Like, there's. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did a bunch of LSD in the 60s uh, when he was like <laughs> yeah. first left S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, or the, the army. Yeah, and. And I mean, now we have an explanation for how he gets back to Earth in San Francisco to be shrunk by the wasp. Perfect. Because, and, you know, he was monitor, monitoring them, seeing what they were up to and just got a little too close, got caught in the co- the crossfire. There we go. But he can make himself 
average size again because he knows magic. Yes, exactly. And also what I was going to say in terms of the last one is maybe he knows something about quantum realm time travel, something or other from this experience. And that was why he was able to travel back in time to 2017 from 2018 and meet Thor and Hulk on Sakaar. Perfect. There we go. It's a little sloppy, but I think it comes together. Yes. Perfect is probably right. a little too strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also in 20, uh, 2018, I almost said 20 teen. <laughs> uh, in Avengers Infinity War, Lee appears as the driver of Peter Parker's school bus. When the students on the bus watch Ebony Maw's ship arriving, the driver says, what's the matter with you kids? You never seen a spaceship before? I feel like this is him. Remember uh, back in 2012 when he was like, yes, he was, I was going to bring this up. Yes. He was like, uh, is superheroes. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's fake and made up. This is him overcompensating for that. He learned from that mistake. You can't deny what's there. So instead, he's acting like this is something that is completely normal and that shouldn't be shocking. It's just yeah, casual. Yeah. And I mean, New York has seen spaceships. Before. Of course, I've seen this. Are you kidding me? Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It was six years ago at this point that New York had seen spaceships yeah. before. That's that's all it is. Is that math correct? 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, that math is correct. Whew. Nice. Some more of that genuine timeline scavengers math. <laughs> <laughs> you have. I don't think you've uh, you've heard this episode because you're not listening to, to the uh, Agents of Shields ones yet. Yeah, you want to want to catch up on that show at some point. Yeah, I'm I'm also working on it right now actually. But there was a there was an episode recently where. Uh, James and Colin spent a while doing like a train math problem. Like if a train leaves the station at such That's and amazing. such and then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was very fun to listen to. All right. So you would think that's yes. it, right? No, there's one more oh. that I have. And this is, this is unofficial, but it was on the Wikipedia. And I, I want to talk about it because I think that it's very interesting. Okay. Do you want to take a stab as to what year this is? I'm going to guess 2160 San Francisco, San Francisco. No, this is from Big Hero 6 is what I was proposing. <laughs> I think he was in that movie. He though. was. He was. He definitely was. Yeah. But, I, but that's not MCU as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Uh, no, we're going to jump ahead from 2018 to the end of time <laughs> for the first time on this show. <laughs> what <laughs> I've, um, se I've the, seen yeah, this in, well, I don't remember this at all in the first episode of Loki one of the portraits within the TVA's courtroom has six people lined up one of them resembles Stan Lee which suggests that he was an agent to the TVA okay have I broken you I'm wondering right now if I completely missed this or if I just did a better job than I thought of deleting these things from my mind. I also don't remember this. So I'm going to actually Google real quick. Stanley TV. Yeah. Um, well, you do that. I'm going to try to just scramble my brain. I mean, the easy explanation is uh, fuck everything we've said up to this point. He was an agent of the TVA, but that seems cheap. I, I think mm -hmm. I think that at the point that he Oh, boy. I think maybe the TVA takes him out of the timeline mm -hmm. after 2018 or whatever. 
That would make sense. Yeah. They take them out knowing that he could interact with the timeline at any point of the of the last like 150 years where he was alive without it looking super yeah. suspicious. So he became a TV agent after all of these events. Yes. He now will show up at other points in the timeline to fix things. Yeah. Without drawing suspicion because yeah. All right, so I have found the image that people are referring to, and I'm just going to send it to you real quick. Oh, man, okay. Well, we'll send it to Colin and James so that, if need be, we can put this on social media. See that fella in the, in the picture kind of dead center? Interesting. And here, I'll, uh, I'll even I'll send a, a zoomed in for you. That I would not have thought, Stanley. But it's an interesting take, nonetheless. It is an interesting take. I'm not opposed if if a yeah if an artist if an artist behind all of this said yes, that is Stanley. I would believe them. But it's mm-hmm. it is okay. Audience, uh, we should probably explain. There is a person deep in shadow, surrounded by a bunch of other people who are wearing sashes. Mm-hmm. This person is wearing a gold medal. And appears to be maybe wearing a suit, a suit and tie, has a big gray mustache and uh, thick uh, black glasses, gray hair. Mm -hmm. I think maybe this is a this is them like he is at a place of honor. This could be a very stylized Stanley. Yes, this could be a very stylized Stanley. He has been he is not a member of the TVA. But the TVA were so impressed by how pivotal he was to the timeline, and how well he just like interacted and interwove and made the the what was what do they call it the golden timeline the um the sacred timeline the the uh, uh, sacred timeline how yeah. how he so deftly interacted with the sacred timeline that they awarded him an honorary membership in the TVA yes and that is why he has a gold medal instead of a sash. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that that is it. We are at the end of the timeline. Wow, that was a rush. So just to recap, Stan Lee is a half-human, half-watcher who was born somewhere in the, the, I'm going to call it late 1800s, and aged up to be a general in World War II, where afterwards got involved with S.H.I.E.L.D. and was given the super soldier serum. Yes. Left S.H.I.E.L.D. because disagreed with their warmongering tactics and then continued ahead to become a police officer in New York before also quitting that after in influencing a law, law firm, firm or a law lawyer, yeah, lawyer factory, factory excuse, excuse me. me um yes after influencing a lawyer factory went back out to LA to start an acting career became a successful actor and then Uh, mysteriously disappeared after drinking Bruce Banner's blood reappeared as himself saying that it was actually the stunt double that disappeared all this time. He is working behind the scenes for shoe. Yes. And then, um, Oh my God, what did we say next? Uh, he, he gets taken into outer space by Captain Marvel to meet with the watchers where he finds out more about himself, about his background, about his history. And then, starts influencing the Avengers timeline, having them meet up and having events follow come to fruition because of this. Learns the arcane arcs, the arcane arts. 
Yeah. Learns the arcane arts so that he can find Thor and the Hulk. Discovers time travel. Bring them back. Yes. That is when the TVA decides to interfere because they're worried he's going to start messing with the timeline on the, yes. his own. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that that is why they give him the honorary thing and explain to him, hey, listen, we love you. We're not going to take you out because you're so perfect. We, we love you. But mm. we can't let you in, continue interfering. So we're going to give you this honorary membership in the TVA. And he becomes a pencil pusher for the rest of time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> A worthy retirement, I think, for this man. We did it. We did it. <laughs> we we solved the Stan Lee timeline. Kevin Feige, get at us. That was really that was really fun. Oh, that was man. awesome. Um, holy shit, that was great. Uh, so I do have just uh, one more segment before we depart, though. Perfect. And that is, uh, you know, James always does his uh, his music of 1931, and I figured. I kind of want to, you know, pay homage to that, but there's no specific year that all of this takes place in. So I decided to instead go for the music of Stan Lee, which uh, did you know that Stan Lee has cameos in two music videos? You know, I didn't know that. <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> the first one is a song called Born to be Free. It is a song by Japanese heavy metal band X Japan. I Released on November 6th, 2015. I would not have ever guessed anything close to that. Yeah, <laughs> it it reached number 21 on the Billboard Japan Hot 100. It topped the iTunes rock charts in France, Sweden, Mexico, Peru, Argentina, Singapore, Taiwan, 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 Taiwan Hong Kong, Macau and Japan. Uh, Yoshiki said that he wants listeners to interpret Born to be Free as a reflection of their own personal journey. All of us are born to are born free to dream what we want without any limits. It was recorded in Los Angeles at Yoshiki's own recording studio. Wow. The song was first unveiled on July 1st, 2010 at Club Nokia in Los Angeles during the filming of its music video, which took place following an acoustic set by the band. It was played live by X Japan for the next five years. The video was directed by Yoshiki with cooperation of Panasonic, was shot using a new prototype 3D camera in addition to regular 2D camera. Oh. Um, this next sentence is going to blow your goddamn mind, Ty. I am ready. Comic book creator Stan Lee makes a cameo appearance as Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Now I now I know what you're thinking, Ty. You want to see this right now, yes. immediately. Um, now the next sentence is: the footage and music video have not yet been officially released. Fuck off! Are you kidding so, me? Stanley makes a cameo in this music video as Satan, and we can't even see it. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're gonna do me like this? <laughs> You're gonna do the whole audience of Timeline Scavengers like this? Are you kidding me? I'm so sorry that you now have to live with this knowledge and oh. not be able to see it. Wow. Oh, it's it's so funny to me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so Stanley, uh, there's another one, uh, but it's gonna be much shorter. Stanley also appeared in Brock Stanley Baker's Elzebub. parody of what? Stanley Elzebub. There we go. Yeah. That's something. 
Stan Lee also appeared in Brock Baker's parody of Elastic Heart by Sia. And then I wrote, I don't want to entertain that any more than that statement. <laughs> I'm not a Brock Baker fan. <laughs> I don't know Which who that is. Maybe so that's yes. a little too objective for, for this segment. But you know what? James isn't here this week. I'm I'm in charge of it. Perfect. <laughs> but that's all that I have. Um, do you have? Oh, well, we should, you know, end the, the podcast yeah. and see where we can find ourselves. I was going to say, do you have any anything else? I have nothing else. End recording. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have nothing else. Um, just so listeners uh, know, when we initially set this up, I, I told as uh, how about you do all the research and I just show up uh, and <laughs> they agreed to it wonderful yeah i had no problem doing it it was actually very fun i did like a, a deep dive and I, and I i was i was actually talking to colin the whole time talking to colin yeah, can can. um <laughs> Uh, I, I was like, OK, but like the thing that I, I think I discussed with him the most was I was like, it doesn't make sense as to why he's talking about the delivery in Guardians of the Galaxy when that takes place two years beforehand. And he was like, dog, just write it. And <laughs> 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 yeah, we figured it out. Yeah, you we know? figured it out. Um, we got there. That was the, that's the yeah. joy of it is is not knowing. Mm-hmm. The limitations are where gold happens. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast today. Um, if you would like to find this podcast that we're not usually on, uh, you can go on to Twitter at Timeline Scav and uh, find all the delightful posts that they make there. There's a uh, Colin started doing these these great little videos every time a new episode comes out with with just like pictures of what's going on and stuff. I love them. Uh, and if you want to uh, know more about the network that this show is on, you can find it uh, at scavengers net. As for me, uh, if you want more from me, uh, you can find me at Cal's Calzones. I believe there's no underscore between them on Twitter. There's on other websites. There is. And I also I do a podcast on the network called It Jams for Thee, which is a yearly Space Jam review and appreciation podcast. And I do that with uh, Tay and Sid of The Lost Years, uh, Dan Spencer of uh, Frankenstein's Jukebox, and also Colin Parker, who you may or may not know. I just listened to the first episode (laughs) a couple days ago, and it was a delight. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Ty. Um, And also uh, check out the Scavengers Network YouTube channel. Uh, We're doing a lot of work on it right now um you may look at it and go this is just a lot of uh as eating food we're working on it we're gonna get some (laughs) some let's plays and some other stuff on there um but yeah the scavengers network youtube page lots of uh there's great old content to look through on there as well as some great new stuff so look forward to it subscribe if you haven't subscribe and ty where, where can people find you yes um so you can find uh my show on twitter at scq podcast um, that is Side Character Quest. It's a uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast, actual play podcast, with a little bit of a twist on it. Each quest that we go on, just a few episodes, has just one guest player, and it's sort of an anthology series where all of the different characters' quests and stories link up and form a timeline, if you will. Ooh. And most of it, most of it's in order, but every once in a while there's like a little piece here or a piece there that kind of doesn't quite fit up and you'd have to shuffle it around. And maybe, maybe you could listen to that show the exact way that uh, Colin and James are watching this. <laughs> uh, just make your own little 
timeline scavengers, your side character. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Colin and James, maybe your great grandchildren can take that on. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, it's it's a very fun show. I think a very good entry point. Um, There's a lot of different places that are, you know, good places to start. You can start from the beginning. That's perfectly fine and good. But if you want to listen to some of the more recent episodes that have a little bit more uh, sound design and whatnot, a good entry point would be episode 44, Amar Brings a Torch, or maybe episode 42, Blue Goes for a Hunt, which is one where I was actually the player, not the DM. That's a little twist on Ooh. things. Um, and then also uh, episode 60, Leslie is booking it out of here. Um, that's a very fun one. It's about a wizard slash librarian uh, going to found a new library and things get uh, messy along the way. <laughs> There's a chicken in it. Yeah. Uh, one of my one of my personal favorites. Do you want to talk about uh, Mason's arc a little bit? Oh, my gosh. Um, ta- I didn't know that you would actually listen to the show. Oh, nice. Oh, um, yeah. I, I've, I've picked up bits and pieces here along yes. the way. I'm, I'm waiting to just binge the whole thing. Yeah. So, um Mason was on a uh, on a quest that started with episode 76. Tal Botton cel- celebrates his anniversary. Um, and that one is this super fun sort of like buddy cop mystery kind of thing where he plays a uh, grumpy poet. Um, <laughs> and the main the main non player character that I'm I'm playing is sort of like a detective cowboy kind of guy um and we're going to investigate some mysterious happenings in a uh, small swamp town mm-hmm. um it's really it's it's really fun i had so much fun making it so much fun editing it it was it was a blast it's a delight yeah so that being said um i think that that brings us to a close on this podcast good job we we solved the stanley timeline we solved the <laughs> stanley ti- the stanley timeline <laughs> And it only took us less than an hour and a half. Yeah. All right. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Maybe in an alternate universe, it took us less. Maybe in an alternate universe, actually, Colin and James did that. And we usually post this podcast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So uh, anything else we need to do before we wrap up? Uh, I think that brings us to the end, Ty. Excellent. Oh, oh, my God. Wait, we forgot. We have to we have to plug Nick Bromald. At at Embramald, the guy who made the who, the composer who made the the music for this show, fantastic gentleman. Very go and bug him about Stanley. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Wait, tweet at Nick Bramald what superpower you think he should have based off. Of I his- think he already I think he already has a superpower, which is writing amazing music. Never mind that. <laughs> Got in one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So until next time, I'm as I'm Ty. One, two, three. Excelsior. there'll be like a little music playing and then bloopers other shows on the network and so today we are hosting timeline scavengers which i definitely said correctly yeah tim lenny scavengers tim lenny 
Skivengers. Yeah. Also, it's... <laughs> I'm going to cut this. Stan, for Stan Lee, most women are significantly younger. <laughs> no, don't cut that. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> He's an older He's gentleman. An older gentleman. He was, yeah. Um, uh, all right. I'm going to real quick uh, look up some actual episode numbers so that I can give pe- mm-hmm. point somebody to something thing, and I'm just going to completely cut out all of this dead air. Okay, great. This is where I'll this is where I'll say all the bad words that are bad for radio. Um, bastard, shit, fuck, damn, arse, poopy. <laughs> that was a, a little Jordan Reed stink on that. <laughs> one. And then, it's been a while to the theme music. All right, I'm ending my recording. Cool. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.